Relax. You're quite safe here. <laughs> Good evening, and welcome to Rock Strikes! Welcome to Rock Strikes 10, the show guaranteed to always give you 10 songs, no more, no less. My name is Joey. I want to thank everybody for tuning into the show here today, whether you're doing it at cnjradio.com or you're subscribed and leaving a star rating and review on iTunes and never missing one single episode and also telling your friends. I greatly appreciate that. Everybody out there. All right. A bit overdue for having yet another special guest on this year. Didn't have her on for her birthday, but I wanted to bring her on sometime before the end of the year because had a new show theme idea. So welcome back to the Rock Strikes 10 Studios. My beautiful, sexy, charming wife, Nola. Say hello to everybody out there, Nola. Hey, everybody. How y'all doing? All right. Good to hear your voice, Nola. Back on the show again. Well, I got you on here. You know why you're on here. We are fun people. We like having fun, and we like going out to rock concerts. Agreed? Agreed. Right. I, I keep forgetting that... I have to actually say stuff and not just like nod my head in agreement. <laughs> yes. Nodding your head is great radio. Yes. Yes. But uh, we actually, uh, I was like, hey, let's see if we went to at least 10 concerts. I'm assuming we did. And I was right and then some. So we act- actually had to cut some shows off of this list. Yes, we are doing our 10 concert moments of the year. Uh, maybe not so much top 10 concert moments because we'll, we'll still talk about all the shows we went to, but... There's some stuff that I tend to play on the show a lot, so we're going to you know, forego that this time around and talk about a few artists I may not play more consistently on Rock Strikes 10. But before we get to the very first song, we're going to talk about the very first show we went to this year over back in January, almost a year ago. We saw Kiss at a casino, which was crazy. I thought it was excellent. I mean, they're they're at that age where if they just did casinos it would make sense and i would be okay with it yeah yeah and you know i was a little worried like what kind of shows is going to be would it be more intimate would it still feel like a kiss show that you would see at an arena and then actually i think it felt that way the the room that they were playing in which was at choctaw it's like a new theater that they built tall ceilings you know the whole thing so really good for a kiss show so Nola, I know this would be hard to rank along some of the other Kiss shows you've seen. Like we've been on the cruise, we saw them in Vegas. Uh, was this a letdown, or was it? Did you did you have a good time at this one? I mean, I always have a good time at Kiss shows. That's what they are designed to do. Um, I would I would honestly put this as like my third or fourth favorite Kiss show overall. You know, obviously Vegas takes the cake. That was so amazing. It was. An experience all on its own. Um, the cruise was intimate. It it was a kiss show, but it was the cruise. I think was the weirdest kiss show I've ever been to. Yeah, it was it was tiny, and you know they like their pyro and they like their confetti cannons. So so the cruise was kind of kind of weird, but it was neat just because of the experience. Yeah, it was just like it was one hundred percent smoke and confetti, but no fire because you can't blow fire on a ship i mean it doesn't make any sense nor would you want to yeah so yeah this one was uh tons of pyro tons of smoke just it looked like a vintage kiss show and so you know if you hear about kiss playing a casino in your town if you have a decent theater at that casino then you're you're not even going to realize you're in a casino like halfway through so 
anyway, that's how I felt about it. And the added bonus for this particular show, it was the first time, apparently, that they had played Flaming Youth in concert for over 40 years. And they they kept it in the set list pretty consistently this year, so that was the one nugget that kind of brought back from obscurity. So we we drove probably roughly about two hours to go to this particular casino, as we do. We, we go to a lot of shows there, as we will talk about later in the show. So to me, it was worth it just for that. So got to hear Flaming Youth. I'm happy with that. That's one you'll probably never hear again live, at least after this tour is done with. Uh, but we're going to move along here because I haven't talked about the fact that on the uh, 76 tribute that I did earlier in the summer that we played Flaming Youth to represent that show. So we're going to move along over all the way into, I believe, April or May. And we saw, speaking of intimacy, we saw the Smashing Pumpkins play at the Majestic Theater out in Dallas. Uh, capacity at this theater is 1,700 people, I think, if you shoehorn them all in. It doesn't feel like 1,700. It feels like half that when, you, when you're inside of it. So the Majestic is a really cool room. It's been around forever, like probably since the Cab Calloway days. It would have to be. I don't know who that is. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. Uh, so your second Smashing Pumpkins show, Nola, I think it was my fifth or something. So uh, how did you like this one compared to the one oh, we saw at Gillies a few years ago? Oh, my God. The show at Gillies was terrible. They sounded great, and, I mean, they it could have been body doubles up on stage, as far as I'm concerned. I am five foot nothing. Uh, no, I'm not. I'm five foot two. Let's be honest. Um, getting my two inches. <laughs> yes. But I'm five foot two. Everybody there is, you know, 40 fucking years old, and they're six goddamn feet tall, and they've all got stupid fucking hipster afros for no goddamn reason, and you stupid motherfuckers don't have chairs, and everybody's standing and everyone's crowded and I'm just, and I'm in everyone's fucking armpit and it was awful. And we had super high seats at the majestic, which is fine. Yeah. In the balcony. Yeah. In the balcony. It's like a little opera house and, and I could see everybody and I could enjoy the show and I could actually make out who people were. I wasn't just seeing spotlight shining off of Billy Corgan's bald head. Yeah. But it it was it was literally night and day. Yeah, yeah. And I like the Gilly show, but I could barely see it that to be fair and I'm five ten, so I get it. Um, so all you tall motherfuckers get to the back of the room because god damn it. <laughs> so at least have some sort of perspective of who's around you and all that kind of stuff. Oh no an awareness, if you will. So yeah, really enjoyed the show. It was basically like it's billed as smashing pumpkins. And Jeff Schroeder's still in the band, a longtime lead guitar player at this point. I think he's actually been in the band as long as James Ehaw was at this point now, if not actually longer. Jimmy Chamberlain back on the drums. So great to see Jimmy back. And he's got a, a couple of new ladies, uh, one on the keyboard and one on the bass. So that's to be expected. Female bass player for the Pumpkins. Who would have thought it? But this really kind of read like the Billy Corgan songbook, actually. It definitely felt like Pumpkins at times, but he played songs from his solo record. He played Zvon songs. He played songs that he wrote for other people. <laughs> like they even played Malibu by Hole, which he wrote. You know, stuff like that. So it's kind of a night with Billy. And even he started off by himself and did like about a block of songs just by himself on acoustic guitar. And kind of like when we saw Joe Jackson at the Majestic last year, he built up the band as the show went on. And I always like that. I think that's really cool. It's a very cool idea. I always enjoy seeing the actual build of music. It's it's one thing to hear it and to feel it, but then, you know, you've got 
one guy on a guitar, and then you've got another guitar come out, and then you've got some drums come out. It's it's real neat. Yeah, and uh, the tapestry backdrop that he used, I think, was he was using my grandmother's old kitchen wallpaper because it was like remember it was like a <laughs> it was like a couple of trees and like fall leaves on the ground. And... Yeah, it was like a wooded forest scene that that they shone different lights on, and it was it was. It was nice. Yeah, it was it was very nice. And did did a lot of melancholy stuff, of course. Did a Siamese Dream suite right in the middle where they did like four or five songs off a of Siamese Dream once Jimmy actually got on the stage. But uh, at the beginning of the Siamese suite, Jimmy still wasn't up there, but he had Jeff up there, and they decided to do Mayonnaise, which is one of my all-time favorite Smashing Pumpkin songs. Whether it's electric or acoustic, it wins every time for me. So I figured I would play you a very rare version of mayonnaise it's an acoustic version cut in the studio i have plenty of live versions of it too but this one's really cool it was cut in the studio probably circa 99 or 2000 it's a b-side off of an import single so yeah me here we go opening up this concert retrospective of 2016 with myself and my lovely wife nola this is the smashing pumpkins or pretty much is billy and mayonnaise acoustic version
right, there you go. Kicking off our 2016 concert retrospective spectacular. That was the Smashing Pumpkins with an acoustic version of Mayonnaise off of the Still Becoming a Part import single. See if you can find that one out there. I have no idea how much it's worth. I don't want to know how much it's worth because I want to keep my copy because I'm a fan. All right, moving on here. Nolo, we went and saw somebody that we never miss. We've traveled to see this person. We will continue to do so. Absolutely. Uh, And a true living icon in this day and age where they're starting to drop like flies. Thankfully, Brian Wilson probably had the biggest touring year of his entire life. And working off of the Pet Sounds 50th anniversary tour. And I was like, man, he's going to pull a really long show. I hope I don't see any signs of fatigue, and I didn't really see any more than I usually do from Brian, but man, long show, but great show. Yes. Oh, it was amazing. Brian Wilson is one of the few people you can actually say is a musical genius. No doubt. He still sounds amazing. He can still play all the hits. It is just always a fantastic show. Yeah, and I think at this point, I mean, it's really cool because... There is a entity out there touring as the Beach Boys. Screw and those guys. Screw those guys. It's the only true Beach Boys in that band is Mike Love and Bruce Johnston. But if you go and see Brian Wilson, uh, you get at least three legitimate Beach Boys because you got Brian, Al Jardine, and Blondie Chaplin is in the band now. And this is the second time we've seen Blondie with him, which is awesome because a true sweet spot of the Beach Boys catalog back in the day were the two albums that uh, Blondie and Ricky Fatar like debuted on, which is the Carl and the Passions record and the Holland record. And so Blondie's there for a reason. He's going to sing those songs off of Holland especially, and it was so cool to hear those songs. Uh, worth it just for that. But then on top of that, you get the Pet Sounds album top to bottom, and then you get like the best of the Beach Boys radio hits, some obscure fan favorites. I mean, it's a, it's a damn near three-hour show. It's amazing. I think after the show, I had looked at the set list and there was like 27 or so songs. And I'm just like, okay, how many of these songs like brought tears to my eyes? What? I, I am not a crier. Um, Not at at shows at least. Yeah. (laughs) For, for the most part, I, it, it's weird to explain, but it's just like, Yes, the music is touching and it gives feelings and everything, but nothing makes me cry more than a Brian Wilson concert. Yeah, I've never seen you cry at a concert except for Brian Wilson shows. And it's easily. It's like clockwork. There is at least a dozen (laughs) songs that'll make me tear up, and I'm just sitting there and I'm wiping away tears, and people are like, Is she okay? And I'm just like, Shut up, just enjoy the concert. (laughs) Don't pay attention to me, pay attention to Brian. Yeah. The one that the one that almost got me at this show. Because I'll have at least that one moment every time I see him. But the one that almost got me was I Just Wasn't Made For These Times. And that song never really hit me that hard before. It's a great song. It's a real standout on Pet Sounds. But for some reason, man, when they hit that bridge, it really just hit me in the gut this time. I was just like, I'm, I'm okay. I'm okay. You know, you're just fighting it back, you know. But anyway. So I figured definitely going to play something. And I meant to say this beforehand, but every song we're playing on this episode is something that appeared in the set list of the shows that we saw. I figured that'd be kind of obvious, but there you go. Officially, that's what's going on. 
uh, gotta cut we pretty much went over these in advance before we went on the air so I think I have picked out what uh, as far as I I can tell this is in your upper echelon of Beach Boys songs you've even uh, discussed almost wanting to make that a permanent thing at some point oh yeah I've got I I have an affinity for tattoos that I don't have I've just got one but I would like more and um, and this is definitely a song that that really speaks to me and and something that that I would like to commemorate on on my body I mean I, that sounds kind of weird but I mean it's no, that's what you do. Yeah. It's what you do with things that, that touch your soul. Yeah. It's like what David Lee Ross says. A tattoo is always autobiographical. So you gotta commit you gotta commit that way, make sure that you mean it. So more to come on that. If if Nolan goes with through with it, we'll give you an update here on the show. So we're gonna play this song called Sail on Sailor. And I'm gonna play it particularly off of the Beach Boys Live in Concert album from nineteen seventy two from the Holland tour. And this is cool because not only do you get Blondie Chaplin singing on it, but on this tour, arguably the best Beach Boys live lineup of all time. You got Ricky Fattar on the drums, and even though Dennis Wilson's not on the drums because he broke his hand for that tour, he's on there playing one-handed keyboards and doing harmonies, and that's all I need from Dennis. Carl Wilson, Mike Love, Al Jardine, Bruce Johnston, they're all there, everybody except for Brian. But, man, some of the versions on this album... I think actually kind of trounced the original versions at times. This is a really good live version of Sail and Sailor. Maybe not as good as the studio, but I figured we'll try to play the live cuts when we can on this episode. So enjoy it. A song that you should know, Sail and Sailor by the Beach Boys.
Sail on Sailor there from, I, I believe it's officially the Beach Boys concert or in concert. It's one of those. It's a double album. It's got this weird, like, sideways photo of Dennis Wilson standing on the edge of the stage on it. It's a weird choice for an album cover, but that is one of my favorite live albums of all time. Go check it out. It's got a lot of the hits plus a lot of cool deep tracks like Sail on Sailor, Funky Pretty, stuff like that. And a song called We Got Love that wasn't on anything. You should definitely check out another Blondie song. All right, moving on here. Nolan and I are going to talk a little bit about the place we went to see Def Leppard at, also in May, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. And there's this little old place. This is is a speakeasy right now. If you're a fan and listener of Rock Strikes 10 and you live remotely in this area or if you ever do like a rock and roll road trip. If you live near the south of the United States. There you go. There is a little secret arena that most people don't know about. It's not a destination place at all. I mean, Shreveport and Bossier City, Louisiana are strictly there for gambling. Casinos, gambling, little dirt mall. Yeah. You know, it's like... Shreveport, Bossier is a gateway city in that you have to drive through it to get to wherever else you're going. Yeah, whether you're going to New Orleans or Dallas, that's kind of... Yeah, you know that's the where you stop to get gas and go to go to eat. Yeah, but Bossier City has this little kind of like a minor league hockey arena called CenturyLink Center. I don't know if they host anything else there. It might host arena football. I don't know, but it's one of those old school coliseums. I mean, even though it has that corporate name, it's just like once you park there. And it says it holds 14,000 seats. I don't see it when I go inside of there. It, it feels like five. It feels like 4,000. Yeah. I mean, we have a place in Fort Worth called the Tarrant County Convention Center. It's kind of like that, but like smaller, it feels like. But it's so weird. But CenturyLink Center in Bossier City, if you're in the area and your favorite band is doing a arena and shed tour, check their itinerary for that place because it's more intimate. The sound quality in there is totally cool. It's better than most places around here. Ten out of ten times, I will drive the three hours to Shreveport to go see a concert instead of driving 20 minutes to go see them in Dallas. Yeah, because the American Airlines Center is just not music-friendly. Or Starplex. I know you're not a fan of Starplex either. (laughs) The outdoor shed we have. Just just for everyone else who wasn't born in the 70s, when Joey says Starplex, the new name of it is Jexa. (laughs) (laughs) We all call it Starplex around here. Uh, not all of us. Some of us still call it Smirnoff oh, from yeah. the 90s. Yeah, the Vodka Plex. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> but it is Jexa now, uh, just for you people who are looking it up. 
Um, I mean, it's fine. It's fine. Jex is fine. It's it's an outdoor lawn. There are some seeds, yeah. but yeah. more what? more we have more on Jexa later because we got a show. I think the next show we're going to talk about wasn't Jexa. But yeah, Century Leak Center, and even if you're in the very, very back, like the nosebleeds, was what we had this time uh, for Motley Crue and Alice Cooper the year before that, or two years before that, we were like on the bottom, like balcony, like the, what, what, do they, what do they call that? The It's got like a three-tier system, so it's yeah. the floor, then one tier, two tier, three tier, and we yeah. were in like the, the bottom of the second tier, or the top of the first tier. Yeah, where the seats start to raise. Yeah. And, and it That's was a, great. It was great, And yeah. then... This time where, like, the very top and the very back, yeah. like, straight across from the stage, amazing view. Yeah. Amazing view. Everything sounded great. The mix was great. Uh, two opening bands, REO Speedwagon and Tesla. That's fine. Yeah, and they, they definitely did their job right. REO was a little heavier than I gave them initial credit for. They were way heavier than I thought that REO Speedwagon could ever be. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And they played second. Tesla played first. And that was actually, yeah, that was actually the first time I saw a Tesla, and they didn't disappoint. They were good, and uh, yeah. So Def Leppard always has a professional show. They play all the hits you expect them to play. Not much deviation from the set list like the last four times we saw them, to be honest. But that's fine. That's fine. I if you know. I go <laughs> if I go to a Def Leppard show, I expect to hear the hits, and if I get anything else, then that's just a bonus. But I'm not disappointed. Yeah, they played a couple of new songs off of the new album. Good album. And as long as they play my favorite, favorite, favorite Def Leppard song, which is this song. And I do have a really cool live version of it here. So, from the deluxe version of Pyromania, the song that got me into Def Leppard, so I'm always going to love it. This is Foolin'. Turn it up. By popular request this evening, we'd like to bring you one Stephen Clark playing some acoustic guitar.
There you go. From the Long Beach Arena, 1983. That was Def Leppard on the Pyromania Tour, the live version of Fullen. Good stuff there. Good deluxe edition to go get. Feel free to gift me the deluxe editions of Hysteria and Euphoria if you get around to it. You know, that, that'd be awesome. All right. Moving on. We talked about the Jexa, the outdoor shed, the Starplex, as I call it. And this particular show, that's where we saw them on the first show of this particular leg of their summer tour. The first show of the summer at Jexa. Yes. But they're making a big deal out of that for sure. And I think some of that actually kind of brought extra people out for it. Because, goddammit. There was a lot of people at the show. But the thing I thought was so beautiful, it's one of the, the most multicultural shows I have ever been to besides Prince. And I love that. I wish every show could kind of be like that. And uh, we went and saw Hollow Notes, and that was the first time I've ever seen Hollow Notes. I know it's your. I know it was your first. Yeah, for sure, for sure my first time. <laughs> and man, what a great bill too! So, right off the bat, uh, the opener was Sharon Jones and the Dap Kings. So, sadly, the last appearance that uh, she will have made in Dallas. And I'm glad we saw her. I, I wish I could have seen her like headline like a like a theater somewhere that would have been amazing but I'll takes what I can get and what'd you think of Sharon? Sharon Jones is the most amazing woman that that is like I I refuse to believe that she's gone she's just touring somewhere and and god damn it yeah I know right she was out there uh, in a in a like a crazy like sixties like Tina Turner cocktail dress, like with all the the ruffles on there. Yeah, like if you took one of those generic flapper costumes and then made it for Tina Turner, yeah. and then put it on Sharon Jones, and and then she takes off her shoes and she is going to town. Yeah, like it's the last show she was ever going to play. She left it all out there. She was just sweating up a storm. The band was crazy. I mean, it was just. It was amazing. Would, ugh, I would have been fine. I would have been fine with that. I got yeah. my money's worth. Sharon Jones and the Depp Kings with Trombone Shorty. Yeah, Trombone done. Shorty, a lot of fun. Big. Uh, I've never even really heard a lot of Trombone Shorty, but really good upbeat party band, throwback funk, kind of a kind of a tower power thing going on. So uh, yeah, good stuff. Go see him live. And then you got Hollow Notes at the end of the night. Uh, doing a headline show they played about 14 songs but like every song was a damn hit it was ridiculous and i was like Wait, what do you open with what do you close with i mean it's just one of those shows i mean the opening song out of touch right off the bat i'm like oh this is great this is awesome so a lot of fun uh personal favorites they did you lost that living feeling i think they do the best version of that song uh yeah just everything they played you make my dreams in the encore private eyes private eyes man eater man eater Say it isn't so, and then uh, so I was like having to go over the list. I'm like, okay, I'll I'll uh, cut off 50% of this. You tell me what you want to hear, and you picked this song. So originally, off of the Private Eyes record, this is Hollow Notes with "I Can't Go for That, No Can Do."
there you go. Never gonna get tired of Hollow Notes. Yeah, any of those songs, I mean, come on. I've heard that song a hundred million times, and I still love it. I Can't Go For That, No Can Do, Off of Private Eyes, one that was played live when we saw him, thankfully. Hope you enjoyed that out there. We're going to move on to something almost completely different, and moving on to a venue almost com- uh, definitely completely different, uh, the Great House of Blues out in Dallas. Yeah, the the House of Blues. I love the House of Blues. Nola is just... It has been so hit or miss. <laughs> well, she definitely can't do the floor, that's for sure. Yeah, but we saw about three shows, I think, this year at House of Blues. Uh, one was the Henry Rollins talking show that we just recently saw, like last month. Great show. What did you think of that one? Oh, it was really cool. What was probably your favorite thing that Henry talked about, like if you had to nail one down? Because he talks about a lot of different things. Uh, probably doing that uh, RuPaul. Yeah. <laughs> what was it? A podcast or a TV show? He, and he, and it's like running errands with RuPaul. Yeah, it was like a like a YouTube show or something. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's like get it's like comedians in cars getting coffee with Jerry Seinfeld. Seinfeld. Thank yeah. you. I was gonna say Springer, and I'm like that's not right. <laughs> uh, but RuPaul takes their friend out and they go do whatever that person has planned for the day and and it was it was real fucking funny yeah and they stopped for lunch at a restaurant that rupaul frequents which let's just say that's not a restaurant that rollins is frequenting so just by walking in the door everybody thinks that uh thinks that they're a thing now yeah and so Rollins talks about all these emails that he's getting from fans about the rumors that have started and, and making his fans sweat it out. And I'm just like, that's fucking funny. Yeah, good stuff. Yeah. If Henry is coming to talk in your town, go see him. We also saw a great rock and roll show out there at House of Blues, The Darkness. That was that was a good time. We actually got free tickets for that. Uh, so, and it, you were able to actually do the floor because it wasn't like, well, I had to, well, that we, yeah, our free tickets were on the floor, but also it wasn't jam packed. I think it was it relatively was, positive experience for you, right? Uh, for the most part, we, we positioned ourselves well, and thankfully the people that we were with were quite a bit taller than I was, and they were okay with standing behind me instead of standing right in front of me. But God damn this one fucking asshole. Just kept inching the shit over and scooching the fuck back. And, and it's like, it's like he thought that there were so many people that it needed to be nuts to butts. Meanwhile, like all I wanted to do was kick him in the back of the knee. (laughs) So Uh, motherfucker, if you're out there, I will find you and I will take you down if you stand in front of me again. Yes. And don't think she won't. Uh, Also, at the House of Blues. We're going to talk about this show. This show was definitely jam-packed. We had... Holy <clears throat> shit, this show. Yeah. I am so glad we got seats for this. Yeah, we went on the upper uh, upper deck for this one. And, uh, yeah, I was stand, standing up and dancing the whole time. But it was it was a good old time, man. It was... Uh, so amazing. So yeah. loud. So <laughs> loud. Yeah, the great Eagles of Death Metal. If you get a chance to go see them, I, I really, truly think... Uh, top five best American bands touring right now. They they just throw it down. I mean, and you know it was weird because I, I I was thinking maybe it wouldn't be as good as the last time I saw them because they have like a few new members. Like their rhythm section was completely new. Uh, they got this guy Mac McJunkins on bass. 
He's played for a lot of the Maynard Keenan bands like Perfect Circle and Pussifer, toured with them, and a guy named Jorma Vic, who actually plays drums for the Bronx and Meliaccio Bronx. So they come out, and I was like, ah, uh, Big Hands isn't going to be there, and Joey Castillo is not going to be there. So it, it, Josh Freeze isn't going to be there. Josh Freeze isn't going to be there. It's going to be, but it's going to be fine. But man, they went out there first song when they did "I Only Want You." They just killed it, and they're all like dancing around, and 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 you know, Dave's a lot of fun to watch. And I don't know. think Boots knows anything below an eleven. <laughs> he doesn't, man. God. He is so good on stage. And I love the fact that it's not just, but it's not just the boot show. Like everybody yeah. is throwing down, everybody's dancing on stage, and it's just great. And he's just a great front man. Got the crowd in the palm of his hands. It's like the, the people that know, like you know, they do well enough to where they can they can fill a house of blues, but it's weird that you still don't hear about them a lot. Like there should be a bigger buzz on how great they are live, because I think that there's, I mean. Not that, I love their records, but you really got to see them live. It's one of those things. It's just like the cheap trick factor. You get that extra oomph going to see these songs live. So. I I would listen to an Eagles of Death Metal album every day. Yeah, like it's they're they're real fucking good. Yeah, they they are more amazing live, and it's just I don't understand how really. I mean that's it's like they become bigger than life when they get on stage. Yeah, it's like I would have been weirdly satisfied that the tragedy that befell them back in February would lead to greater things for them, weirdly enough. I'd have been all right with that at the end of the day because I think people would have stayed for the music had they gone that how they had they gone down that road. I think they would have kept any new fans they would have had if people were willing to give them the chance. I, that's a weird way to say it, but you know what I mean. They got a lot of attention earlier this year yeah. for a terrible thing. And I was hoping that there was at least be some sort of silver lining there, you know. But, you know, I don't know. But they but, they, they but sound... fuck you guys that don't like Eagles of Death Metal. <laughs> exactly. The, the, just judge them based on their names. Go, yeah. go screw yourself. Exactly. Uh, you and, don't deserve them. And they just had a really good uh, pacing to their set list also. Like, uh, like starting, well, they started they're... off with something on the first album. They closed with another one of my favorite songs on the first album. And... Everything in between. They did the Save a Prayer cover. They did a cover of Brown Sugar. I mean, they, man. they did a couple of Boots' solo stuff. Yeah, which yeah. which That's they recorded, and it's oh my, it's such a good record. Yeah, like a lot of people don't even realize the ones that have the Eagles of Death Metal albums may not have the Boots Electric album, and Complexity was on his album first. So yeah, but I mean, it's fine because yeah. it's it's the same song, but it and it doesn't. It's not a completely different entity when it's Eagles of Death Metal versus when it's on the Boots Electric album. Yeah. But it does feel a little bit different. Yeah, it's a little more distorted. The The Eagles albums are a little more rock. The Boots album is a little more pop. But depending on what your mood is, it'll work either way. Both versions are great. Yeah. And I remember once uh, they let the rhythm section do a little jam towards the, like, quote-unquote encore. Because they never, no, nobody ever left the stage for, like, any kind of encore. They just stayed on the stage the whole time. But I remember the rhythm section going into uh, I'm Broken by Pantera. So around here, that always gets a round of applause. And Boots comes out and is like, man, what do we do after that? <laughs> like, But they did this. Uh, so for the Eagles of Death Metal entry, great song off of the very first album, Peace, Love, Death Metal. This one is Speaking in Tongues. Turn this one up as loud as you can make it.
Tongues by Eagles of Death Metal off of Peace Love Death Metal. Go get that record and all their records. Can't really go wrong. Alright. Moving on here. A guy that I had seen about 10 years ago. I hadn't seen him since, but I got to see him again and for the first time with Nola at the Windstar Casino over in Thackerville. Is that it? Thackerville, Oklahoma. Yeah, yes. (laughs) Which is the Texoma border, basically. Yeah. Other side of the Red River. Other side of the Red River. They have a, a nice little kind of room there. We, we've seen a few bands there, like ZZ Top. Yeah, and, no, it's yeah, great. Weezer. Uh, but yeah, Chris Isaac's going to play, and we're like, yeah, I'll go to that. Because honestly, the first time I saw him, you know, good company, but uh saw him at Billy Bob's, and if you don't have a good seat at Billy Bob's, you're not you're, you're going to have a really bad time. <laughs> it, I don't believe that there is a good seat at Billy Bob's. Yeah. I've seen a couple of concerts there, and it's always a bit shit, but it's a nice little, I don't want to say dive. Dive isn't the right word. No, it's the world's largest hockey talk. Yeah, so, I mean, it's, it is what it is, and everything sounds great there, but uh, you're you're there to have a good time and not necessarily to watch the show. Yeah, a lot of two-stepping and whatnot, but it's all picnic tables and pillars. Yeah. That is the Billy Bob's arena, which is really just fenced off from the regular walkthrough bar and rodeo area yeah we're from texas so i saw chris isaac there 10 years ago and like i said sounded great could barely see him i was watching a pillar and his band the whole time like blocking my view of chris isaac and his amazing my world yeah and his amazing buck owens spangly jackets that he always has 
He always has the Buck Owen suits on now because he is he is of that age where it's not even tacky anymore. It's just who it you are. It just is. Yeah, it just is. I'm definitely confident enough to say that Chris is a handsome man and mm-hmm. ladies do love him. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I was swooning a little bit. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. You know, you take a song like Wicked Game, which I've heard a billion times, but you you throw that in a live environment, and oh. he's hitting every note. Oh. And I'm just like, damn, man. Yeah. Woo. Woo. All right. Every single person. I was like, oh, I was doing the fan thing, you know. Every single person in that room would have left with him had he asked them. <laughs> exactly. Don't lie. Yeah, even the guys, right? All right. So, man, what to play... Uh, I think I might have something picked out. You mean just uh, yeah, just do. We didn't go over this one in advance, but the other the other cool thing about his show, I will say real quick, uh, a lot of lot more covers than I was expecting. Yeah, I mean, and I'm I was fine with it. Um, that was my first time seeing Chris Isaac. Uh, my yeah. first time seeing a lot of these people. It was it was a year of first for me. Yeah, he did five covers that night. I'm cheating. I'm looking on the set list. He did uh, he did Pretty Woman. Only the Lonely, so he did two Roy Arbison covers. That's fun. Elvis's Can't Help Falling in Love, Great Balls of Fire, and a Merle Haggard cover called The Lonesome Fugitive. Uh, I think I'm going to play you, uh, you know, I'm tempted to do Two Hearts. We've played that on the show before because that's kind of myself and Nola's theme song. It's our song. Yes, it is. Uh, go listen to that on your own. Yes. Uh, but let's do this one. This one actually, even though it's kind of a power pop ballad, it's a little more upbeat. And I just really love this song ever since it came out. Probably, uh, I'd say the two best Chris Isaac albums that you could get, Forever Blue uh, and Baja Sessions. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. this, this was the single on Forever Blue, and I still love this song. It was like the second song on the set list, so it really helped set the pace for the show. Like this song, Ryan to Two Hearts, ugh, one of the best concert moments ever. So here you go, a little Chris Isaac and Somebody's Crying. If 
Chris Isaac, Somebody's Crying off of Forever Blue. Like I said, get that record. Go get Baja Sessions. If you have nothing and you just kind of want a little bit of everything, that very best of is really good. I think there's like a CD, DVD version. Plus, you also get as a bonus on that one his cover of I Want You to Want Me, which he didn't play that night, but maybe maybe next time. Maybe next time. All right, moving on here. We'll talk about a couple more shows that we're not going to play songs to represent because these are artists that I tend to play a lot or I'm playing on a episode coming up. And in, in that particular case, The Monkees, which first time I ever got to saw... Saw. First, I saw them in half. First time I ever got to see The Monkees, and I never saw them all these years. One of my biggest show regrets was not going to see all four original Monkees at the Verizon Theater a few years ago. And now that's never going to happen again. So... Yeah, big regret there. Didn't even go see him at the uh, Winsbury Opera House earlier this year. But one of our finer Dallas citizens of all time, currently, past, present, future, the great Mark Cuban, invited the Monkees back to Dallas to play the Bomb Factory and do a live concert feed on AXS TV. And we were there, second row. So, yeah. Amazing. Thank you, Mark Cuban. Yeah. Wherever you are right now. Yeah. Kitty Cat thinks so, too. I think half of the shows that we've been to this year, I was lucky enough to get a physical set list because I am that guy. And But, yeah, that monkey show did not disappoint. It's It was just Peter and Mickey, and it was amazing. I mean, they, they handle the legacy of that band with such class. Like, you know, there are these songs that are Davey's songs, and Davey's not around to sing them anymore. So they actually sing them together. And it's not one guy taking ownership over a song that he may have wanted to sing or may wanted to have that hit with. They do it together as a like a sign of solidarity and it's great. Like when they do Mike songs, they take turns cuz Mike's still around and he can represent yeah. them if he chooses to. It's just not his bag right now. He's very on and off with them, but uh, I know there's a lot of love there, but he just doesn't like to tour, damn it. And it would have been great to see Mike, but I got to say, when they were doing those songs, I I didn't feel as disappointed as I thought I would. I'd rather hear the songs than not hear the songs. How about that? I mean, how is the monkeys going to do a show without playing Daydream Believer? It's, just, it's impossible. But when they're up there and they sing it together and then they get the crowd to sing it at the end, it's like... And they do this they do this cool thing where, where they've got... Davy's vocals coming in. Yeah. So he's he's there. He's yeah. with us. Yeah. 
And they especially and did it for that, you know, like... Yeah. yeah, and they didn't do it for everything, but they did it for... Daydream Believer. And... Maybe something else. And but, something else. And I think Peter sang Shades of Grey with Mickey, because mm-hmm. that that's just a beautiful song, too. That damn near brought the house down. I was like, I was a little... Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so... That was a great show. If you can find the feed of that from AXS TV, go watch that show. It's probably on YouTube. Uh, just watch that show any way you possibly can so that you have that option. Uh, check out on Facebook, Zilch Nation. They should have a link up. Yes, absolutely. What's up, Ken? Hey, Ken. And we also saw Alice Cooper at Verizon in August. Again, at Again. Verizon. That's fine. Yeah. Alice, keep playing Verizon. Absolutely. That's like... 15 minutes from the house maybe yeah we even have a back route that we take that we don't have to get into any kind of freeway traffic it's awesome and you know still with that same amazing band and i hope they stay with them forever and we might have a chance to go see them again in a few months like uh, actually somewhere in may they're playing choctaw so hopefully that'll be a thing uh but always a great show Set list was 75% different than it was the last time we saw him at, at Verizon. So, yay, Alice. Yeah. Keeps them young. Yeah, absolutely. Those so. young kids don't want to play the same songs over and over again. Yeah. And I got a big Alice special plan for February, so I figured, okay, I'm going to play something off that. So, we're going to move on to, speaking of Choctaw, uh, this band played a couple of shows at Choctaw back-to-back this year because they were in such high demand because... This is a show that was playing American Airlines in Dallas, like the big arenas, charging two hundred bucks. So, like, not gonna go to that. Yeah, but, fuck that. But uh, it, you know, I gotta give it up here, man, because Nola is younger than me. She's fortunate enough to where her grandparents, three out of four grandparents, are still on this mortal coil, and we get to visit them consistently and hang out with them, and it's awesome. As an added bonus, Nola's grandmother. My uh, grandma's a slot jockey. Yes, she is. So <laughs> no, it's not that bad. It's uh, it's, it's not that bad. It's not bad. But she's a pro, and she, she likes she likes to go to the casino that's a couple of minutes from her house. Exactly. And that casino just happens to be Choctaw. Yeah. And because she happens to go there so much, she just happens to have a host, and that host just happens to give people who play often enough free concert tickets yes and how many free shows have we seen because of her let's see chuck berry joan jett i mean huge list motley crew she got us in the motley crew show they were selling those tickets for 150 a piece and she got free tickets for that it's ridiculous and we're not and we're not saying this to brag but we we are fairly frugal people yes. and and we would rather go do an experience than something else but if if it makes more sense to go to a free concert a couple of hours away then it would be to spend $200 a person to see Duran Duran in Dallas yeah be honest with yourselves out there don't don't lie <laughs> exactly first time i've seen Duran Duran first time for me too yeah and you know th- Duran Duran's good. Yeah, they can I, they can play. <laughs> so, so just real fast, I like to do a thing when we go to concerts where I annoy Joey slightly, where I'm like, oh, are they going to play this song and then name a song by another band? Oh, and we yeah, were doing right. this 
with Duran Duran. I'm like, oh, I hope they play Save Like a Prayer. And Joey's like, yeah, they're gonna. And I'm like, oh, god damn, who am I thinking of? Yeah, because all year last year was ELO uh, swapped with Hall & Oates. That was the big thing last year. It's the same band. Yeah, I know, I know. But Duran Duran, the only thing that was really weird was that Nick Rhodes wasn't there, even though he hasn't left the band. Apparently he had like a death in the family or something like that, or some sort of personal thing. Yeah, to where he, he had a family emergency and yeah. had to go back home, and yeah. and that's fine. And the lady that took over for him was super great. Yeah, she was really good. Uh, like I said, they, those guys can play, and I don't think they're using a lot of tracks on their stuff. They don't seem... I, I can usually tell when a band is using tracks, but I don't think they're using a whole lot of them. They might be using a little bit, but no more than any other band that we love. So like a kiss or something like that no one's ever going to be as bad as motley but you know hey (laughs) like it's like ridiculous anyway that's a whole other show but i really did uh i like the duran duran one a lot i could nitpick like some of my personal favorites that weren't played but you know it's a casino show you're going to get more hits and you're going to get deep cuts that's just usually the nature of the beast uh but yeah you get all the hits I did get a, a personal fave off of an early album, so I think I'm going to play that one here. And then I'll also say it was pretty amazing because, you know, we at that point already been a few months without David Bowie, and they actually interpolated Space Oddity right in the middle of this song. So it was so well done, and uh, I think really classy. It was definitely a legit fan tribute to the guy that really made it possible for them to be a thing. I mean... No Bowie, no Duran Duran, that's for sure. No Bowie, no a lot of people. No a lot of people, exactly. So here you go. Really cool track from that night. This is Planet Earth by Duran Duran. Here you go.
All right. Yes. Hooray. Planet Earth by Duran Duran. I backed those first four records pretty solidly, so anything out the first four records, although there were some highlights from the more recent albums. That Reach Reach Up for the Sunrise song is from Astronaut. That was a cool track. Yeah, all the all the songs that were off of the new album all sounded really good. Yeah. I was I was impressed. I mean, it's not real hard to impress me. Like I don't know a lot. I'll admit bah. it. Bah. But I mean, especially when it's bands like Duran Duran and I and I I like the I like the hits. Yeah. I mean that's that's just what I grew up on. That's what I like. And when the new songs come on and if I'm sitting there and I'm like, what's this? What's this off of Joey? I like this. And he's like, it's, it's one of the new songs. Yeah. And Cause I don't like, know it. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's always the case. And I'm just like, I like this. And he's like, yeah, I like it too. And I was like, cool. Yeah. We might have to get that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Some of the newer stuff, I mean, with the Nile Rogers uh, production on it, it definitely had that notorious feel to it. So a lot of more like dance oriented dance, pop rock, you know, but it's all good. And I really liked, uh, Ordinary World, which is a song I've heard so many times, but I, I've been talking about a lot of the moments where I kind of get a little choked up. Like, I kind of got a little emotional during Ordinary World. For some reason, I think it's just because of the shitty year that's really been going on outside of pop culture. Well, not even pop culture, but like just, like I said, my my confinement of entertainment and listening to records and going to concerts. That's the only part of this year that didn't let me down from an observer standpoint you know so i think just because the rest of the world is having just this year that's just awful whether it's you know in entertainment news or politics or whatever when i hear a song like ordinary world come on i'm just like oh man i mean i just it just overwhelmed me so there you go uh speaking of which I think you might have shed a little bit of a tear at this next show here and there. I'm not sure. I don't know if you do that anymore with them, but we saw Elvis Costello back to the Majestic Theater for an intimate Elvis Costello performance. He's been on this detour, as he calls it, for like the last two, two and a half years, where it's literally just him by himself on electric and acoustic guitars, piano, and some other auxiliary instruments. And he's got his opening band, Larkin Poe, in tow with him. And they come out and do some duets with them towards the end. So it's a really cool, well-rounded show as far as, like, he's going through almost his whole catalog. But it's definitely the more acoustic and ballad-oriented stuff. That being said, I know this is my this is my third time seeing Elvis. And I saw the two acoustic shows with you. You've never seen him electric. Not yet. Uh, and I know you probably, if I had to guess, I would say you probably enjoyed the Majestic show a lot better than the one when we went to Tulsa to see him at Kane's Ballroom because that was SRO. <laughs> I don't, I don't want to talk about it because I've talked about Gillies and I've talked about the House of Blues floor. Now multiply those spaces by two, and then you've got Kane's fucking Ballroom, which is just a flat fucking floor. It's a dance floor, yeah. which has a stage that should be raised way higher <laughs> and we were we were pretty close up front at the for beginning a while. Yeah, for a at while the beginning, yeah. and then these tall ass stupid motherfuckers kept squeezing their big fucking butts in front of us and god damn it screw it you you fucking venues that don't have fucking chairs on goddamn risers need to figure your shit out because it's bullshit <laughs> 
You know, despite all these rants here on the show, Nola is actually a very pleasant person to travel with. I, I don't want you out there to get the wrong idea that I'm trapped in some thing that I can't get out of. No, this is just... This is just my ranting show because I got yeah. to see so many people again this year that I saw the last couple of years and actually got to see the people performing. Yeah, it's nice, you know. It's yeah. nice to be able to look at the people that you have just paid your money to see. Yeah, it always helps. Uh, you know, when we saw McCain's too, uh, I was nitpicking a bit because I was like, the two songs I really want to hear that I, w- I thought if he's going to do a tour like this where it's real intimate and, and, and low-key, I was like, he's going to have to do Man at a Time, which is my favorite Elvis Costello song, and also, like, another one, like, in the top ten, a song called Deep Dark Truthful Mirror. And at the Kane show, he didn't play either of those. And I was, I was a little let down, even though I thought he played a good show. You know, we, we all have that thing where we want to hear our favorite, favorite songs. And I, not to, not to badmouth Tulsa. I like Tulsa. It's a fine town. I've got friends there. I know what you're going to say. They didn't deserve it, right? <laughs> but they don't deserve those songs. <laughs> because they're fucking full of bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All of them. There's a little bit of cocaine and boob job crowd at the uh, Tulsa place, too. So, but it, anyway. It th- felt very, I don't want to say hipster. Hipster's not the right word. It's a little bit, if, if there's a hipster town in Oklahoma, it is definitely Tulsa. No no doubt. But but they're not they're not the same as, like, the Austin hipsters. Oh, yeah. or Or even, like, the Dallas-Fort Worth hipsters. Like, their own, they're their weird own kind of hipster, <laughs> but it's... But they're not poor. Yeah. Because hipsters no. are usually a little bit struggling. These are like fucking rich assholes yeah. who were playing hipster. These people clearly had money. But uh, yeah, so we get over to the Majestic show, and I get one out of two on there at least. So he did finally do Deep Dark Truthful Mirror, and he did it on piano. So it was And it was, was amazing. Awesome. It was awesome. So my favorite song of the whole show for sure. So I've got an actual live acoustic, I think from MTV Unplugged actually. An acoustic version of Elvis Costello doing Deep Dark Truthful Mirror. So enjoy this. I think you will. One day you're gonna have to face Deep Dark Truthful Mirror Tell you things that I still love you too much to say. The sky was just a purple bruise, the ground was iron, and you fell all around the town until you looked the same. i 
There you go. Deep Dark Truthful Mirror, an unplugged version by Elvis Costello. That is on the deluxe edition of Mighty Like a Rose. Very good deluxe edition as well. There's, there's a few of those unplugged songs on there, so I recommend it just for that if you can find it out there. The Rhino bonus disc versions are out of print now, but go look around the internet for them. All right. First time I heard him play that song live. And speaking of other firsts, there's been a lot of firsts on this show, but... I know definitely a personal favorite of yours, Nola, and I'm a fan of this band as well. Got to see this band from California for the first time ever at, uh, what was the name of the club? At the Curtain Club. Curtain Club in Dallas. First time I've ever been to the Curtain Club, believe it or not. I've, I've been to all the family tree clubs that surround it, but I've just never been inside of the Curtain Club until this show. Same here. Nice. Uh, but we got to see Rooney, which 
they weren't even really like on any kind of proper tour. I think they did a few stops here and there in, in the United States. And I think they were really mainly just going to play Austin, but somebody booked them for Dallas, and I'm glad they did. Thank you. Yeah, thank you whoever did that. I have been waiting to go to a Rooney concert for... We don't even want to say how long. Probably like 15 years. 15 years now. Yeah. yeah. God. <laughs> uh, didn't disappoint for me. I mean, and uh, back into the you know overall enjoyment of going to a show, right up on the like uh, you know catwalk top area... Sitting on bar stools, just watching the show the whole time. It was pretty great. Yeah, so also, thank you, Curtain Club, for having a raised area that I could stand in so that way I could actually see. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Uh, The thing that I keep thinking about this show is they clearly had a new drummer because this guy was like 18 if he was a day. Oh, he was a baby. He really was. He was as old as I was when Rooney first came out. Yeah. And, you know, he was good, but the funny thing was you could tell that he was new and nervous and oh. super green because he kept looking over at the singer the whole time, like, is this right? Yeah. Am I doing good? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, no, it was a lot of fun. And I think oh, they had that, a couple of new members, actually. Yeah. I think, really, Schwartzman's the only guy that might still be from the original lineup. I could it be is. wrong, but I, he yeah. Is. But, yeah. And their, oh, and their bass player was just having a blast, and you could tell he was a fan. And every, they all, I mean, they all looked like babies except for Schwartzman. Yeah, yeah. So, but, but oh, they it was got so good. Yeah, they really do have a cool catalog. If you like power pop music and just California laid back rock, and you know, Beach Boys meets the Cars meets Weezer, uh, meets a few other bands. You know, if you like those bands, check out Rooney. If you never have, or if you only heard like two songs by him. So we'll we'll dive a little deep into the catalog for you. Nola's got a song she's got picked out just for you guys. Go ahead, Nola. So off of the new album, which is pretty good, like it's that's yeah, yeah. not I'm, too high of an inflection there. Yeah, I'm I'm always gonna be a first three albums fan. Like that's the the way Joey feels about Kiss or about Motorhead. Like we're everything's good. Yeah, but you you do have an affinity for the first albums that you hear. Absolutely. And and that's not saying to take anything away from the new album. It's really good. I really like the song that we're about to play. It's off the new album, and it is called My Heart Beats For You. It comes around but never goes around but it doesn't make a sound So strange how they never change Over the hill acting underage It's always something that's always nothing Always trying to find a way to get in the way They can tell us that we don't know right from wrong When they never ever heard us sing our song But they don't know how the chorus goes All they know is Barry Manilow It's always something that's always nothing Sometimes you gotta just get up and run away We burn a little brighter We fly a little higher We move a little faster Closer to disaster My heart My heart Beats for you They hijacked our happy honeymoon Played along till we sounded out of tune 
can't believe what they see They can't see what they can't believe It's pitter-patter, it don't matter Sometimes you gotta throw your hands up in the air We burn a little brighter We fly a little higher We move a little faster Closer to disaster Beats for you off of Rooney's newest album, Washed Away. There you go. Yeah, see, I remember that. Yeah, that I I always like buying the baseball tee sleeve shirts if I can find them at shows, and I had a good run of that this year. I got a Rooney one with the bear on it. I got, got a Henry Rollins. I got one. a Rollins one. I got an Eagles of Death Metal one, and I got a Ghost one last year. That's a great. That's probably my current favorite shirt right now. I have a lot of. I, I I'm fortunate to have really cool shirts. And uh, a lot of them are way cooler than me. So, yeah, big fan of the baseball tour shirts. We're going to move on here. Last song of our 2016 concert retrospective with myself and my awesome wife, Nola, here. We're going to end off with a show we saw in November, once again, at the Majestic Theater. Great year for the Majestic. They got great bookers now. Uh, A band that was on my, like, I never thought I'd see them live, but they were on my bucket list. The Alan Parsons Project. Yeah. I was I was not excited at first 
when Joey was like, oh my gosh, do you want to go see Alan Parsons? And I was just like, who the fuck is Alan Parsons? <laughs> I mean, I guess if, I mean, if you want to take me, I'll go. Like, was my response. Like, I don't know who the fuck this guy is. Joey's like, no, you know that song. And, and so going I in, in going yeah. in, I knew I am this guy. Yeah. I was pleasantly surprised. Yeah, it was advertised as a greatest hits tour, and I'm just sitting there going, like, it's the first and only time I ever get to see him. Greatest hits tour is fine by me. A lot of fans get up in arms when people say that, but I'm like, do please do that, Alan Parsons. You're doing me a favor. So I knew that being said, we definitely would get Eye in the Sky, Time, Wouldn't Want to Be Like You, Games People Play, and Don't Answer Me. We got all those songs. Plus, I think he played half of the Turn of a Friendly Card album, Played about half of the iRobot album, so just a really cool set list. And, man, that band was great. Like, where do you get those guys from? They kind of seem to range in age, too. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah, like, the drummer was super young, much like the Rooney show. And that drummer. I was just waiting for him to break a drum head. Yeah. He was playing so fucking hard. Yeah. Didn't even bat, Alan didn't even bat an eye. Like, yeah. That's probably why he hired him. Yeah. And I don't think this kid like broke a single drumstick while he was playing. Like I, he launched a couple of them backwards. <laughs> right. Which was hilarious to see. But I, like I said, I was expecting like a drum head to break. This kid was going to town. Yeah. And, and another thing I didn't expect to happen, and there was probably about three guys including alan that would sing lead vocals so in in lieu of uh the unfortunate untimely passing of eric wolfson he's got like these three other guys that sing lead on different songs depending on what it really calls for plus alan's singing too which i don't think he ever did before but uh not not to my recollection but so everybody kind of really got chances to do vocals the guy that was like the main lead singer like the front man he was good, even though he kind of had like these real dorky like uh, stage maneuvers. He was trying so hard to be David Lee Roth, and he is not. <laughs> yeah. Oh, bless your heart! You tried. Yeah, great voice, but yeah, there was yeah, a lot amazing. of dorky, a lot of dorky stage maneuvers that really didn't. I don't, I don't think would really matter that it would go over with a, you know, with this the kind Alan Parsons Project yeah, crowd. Yeah, exactly. But man, I'll tell you. Uh, one of the big highlights of the show for me, and a song that always gets me, especially back when I wasn't doing so well personally, but, man, when they played this song live, I was like, this is the best Beach Boys song that the Beach Boys never did. And they're all singing harmony together, and it was just beautiful. It really it was early on in the show, too. So it peaked early, but it stayed great. Uh, so I'm going to play you the original version here, because if only I had the version of this band doing it but go check it out i think there's a live dvd with the current band out and it would be worth it just for this song so here you go to close out our concert memories of 2016 it is the alan parsons project and don't answer me
Ah, yes. And don't it make you feel good? That was the Alan Parsons Project. Don't answer me. No, I mean, that was the name of the song. All right. So, hope you enjoyed that out there. I hope maybe in some way, if you're not a concert goer, that this inspires you to get out there. Go see some of these acts while you still can, or as they're in their peak right now, whether it's Eagles of Death Metal or Brian Wilson. Go see these bands, because live is a whole other animal. It really is. And I believe it might be one of the keys to a successful marriage. That's just... uh, Concerts and road trips. Yeah. If you can do those things together, you will last as long as you want. Yeah. You are truly winning in life, so... Yeah, and it's not uh, as expensive as, like, a regular-ass vacation. So take a gas and a ticket. You know, having fun. Yeah. All right. So we're going to get out of here. Thank you so much for joining me, my lovely wife here, on the uh, the bridge between the end of the year. Just did the Christmas show. You're the follow-up. And then easing into the New Year's Eve dance party that we got coming up. So there's no way to get started off with ha- having the most amount of fun as you possibly can than hanging out with Nola for an hour and change. So I think that was a good way to go. All right. Everybody else out there? Uh, sorry. Any uh, any last words there, Nola? Um, Sasquatch? <laughs> just, uh, just to add on to what Joey was saying, if maybe you're not a big concert goer for whatever reason, I'd... I like being at concerts. I like seeing my favorite bands perform. I, you, you other people, not the people listening, but all the other people, all the other you other peoples. Um, the non-royal the, we. Yes. The the peasants, if we may call them, <laughs> the, <laughs> that are out and about and also living their lives and going to concerts and trying to enjoy themselves. Um, I get, I don't want to say that I get like super anxiety like angry people ridden but I kind of do and and for me as long as I've got a seat in my own little area I can have all the fun at concerts but I get a little I get a little weird when I'm out on the floor but it's it's one of those things that it really is worth it so so go to shows find your favorite bands uh travel a little bit you know I'm not saying go go be a deadhead yeah. and travel across the country following your band but i mean if that's what makes you happy then do it absolutely that's what it's all about it's key to living life yeah go go find someone that makes you happy and go see a band that makes you happy and and enjoy life god damn it yes and while you're enjoying life and road tripping no better way to do that than to have cnjradio.com for your travel needs every episode of rock strikes 10 Every episode of The Synaptic featuring Randy Brown True Alternative. And while you're parked there at the gas station or the hotel, you can read the Wrestling House Show and Last Theater on the Left blogs featuring Chris. How you doing, Chris? Happy hey, Chris. Happy holidays. I talked to him the other day. He's doing great. And also, last but not least, extra special happy holidays and thanks for the advice that you gave my wife for uh, my gift this year to Pete and the guys from Space Beard. Yeah. Thank you, Pete. Yes. Please go to Facebook.com slash Band for more information. Purchase their latest album, Gone, which is excellent. Tell them, of course, that Rock Strikes 10 sent you. I love my new record player. All right. We're going to go ahead and get the hell out of here. Join us on the year-end New Year's Eve dance party. Subsequently, after the ball drops, the two-part top 20 records of 2016 coming up. 
And that'll be it for now. Everybody else out there, once once again, we'll say this again. Have fun. <laughs>